What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again or if it's your first time welcome to the show thanks for checking it out if you would like to uh, show some support for this podcast in a free way you can uh, click the rate and review button on the itunes or wherever you're listening to it and write a review give it five stars and that will help uh, drive more traffic to the podcast and help the artists that come on get a little bit more national visibility super helpful thing you can do Just hitting up that iTunes, or if you're listening to this podcast, you can tell a friend about it, because a a direct, you know, a direct recommendation can go a long way, so appreciate anybody that's uh, telling others about the show that they're they're tuning into regularly. Um, Also, the Willamette Week Best of uh, 2017 polls came out, and... The Day of Cable Presents podcast is uh, is in the running for not only best podcast, but also best local web series. So lots of people showing love for uh, the YouTube channel, as well as the audio podcast. So I appreciate everybody that, uh, you know, showed support and got me into the polls. It's very cool to see it and uh, stoked to be alongside uh, such podcasts as the Hot Garbage podcast, which I was... Uh, did an episode of the other day so that should be up in the next couple weeks so look out for that i'll definitely share it up when it comes out those dudes uh drew and andy and uh nate really really solid dudes and uh it was rad to to hang out with them so shout out to them and then also to former guests that that are also in the best of polls former guests adverse effects mike capes rashid jamal uh, Bear Brown of Corgi and Bass, Glasses, Fox and Bones, The Pining Hearts, and then also Vortex Music Magazine. Just had Chris on recently. Um, Vortex is nominated under the Zine category. And then uh, JFL and Mogo Fest. Mogo Fest is in there for uh, Best Local Music Festival. So very cool stuff. And then tons of other good people to vote for. So if you have a minute, uh vote for some people show some love i'll put the link in the episode details along with the uh link uh for the uh everything else that goes on in this this episode uh just a couple quick calendar dates um this friday tonight if you're listening to on release day the uh vortex music magazine party is going down at alberta street pub killer lineup autonomics Rashid Jamal and Small Million. That's a killer lineup in a super small room. And it's going to be a fun party. So you can Cinco de Mayo out over there. And then also, what do we got? We got a Dan Cable Presents live podcast. The second live podcast is going down on, uh, it's going to be June 8th. It's going to be at the White Eagle. And we're bringing some, some hip hop to the White Eagle we're going to have MG Productions. We're going to have Boca. We're going to have 
Mike Fontaine coming back to the program because Mike was, oh man, that Fontaine episode, if you have not checked that one out, it's one of my favorite conversations. Super fun, super loose, and uh, just a killer performance on the show. So he's coming back for the live show. Karma Rivera, super stoked to have Karma on and to uh, get to connect with her. And then Alex Meltzer of Corgi and Bass and, and Two Planets who have been on this uh, show is going to be our house DJ for the night. He's going to be turning some knobs and playing with some some machines and whatnot. So it's going to be a good one. Mountain Air Mike will be out there running the sound. Forrest will be out there shooting some video and put out some some killer content. So, um, yeah, appreciate the love from everybody. Um, this particular episode is with a band from Seattle. Always stoked to show some love to our, our friends a little bit north. It's good to uh, expose them to some new people down in Portland so when they come down they can, you know, play some, some fuller rooms and whatnot. So this is a this is a band Sleeping Lessons and I first heard about Sleeping Lessons when I went up to Seattle's Big Building Bash last year which uh is this, at this great warehouse space and great shows go on there but they once a year they do a big festival this is going to be the fourth annual one is coming up on June 3rd so it's something the the festival is something that comes up in this conversation so if you're interested in a cool local festival some portland bands will be up there rashid jamal is going to be up there um and and just a killer lineup there up in seattle super reasonable for all day of music and a really cool independent music festival food trucks and and all that stuff so uh you can uh i'll also put that in the links the big building bash look it up though it's going to be a cool festival going down june 3rd so um yeah other than that I'm, I'm sure we should should get into this episode can't stress enough those reviews guys if we can hit a hundred if a hundred reviews happen i don't know what happens actually but i think it'd be a good look if there was a hundred reviews we're uh, a little over halfway there which is encouraging so please uh take the time to do one of those i i would much appreciate it uh, this is episode 57. Man, we're closing in on 60 already. Crazy. Episode 57. This is uh, Sleeping Lessons. Super fun conversation with these dudes. So let's get into it. Yeah, we'll just get things rolling. Um, like I said earlier, I think uh, I think the first I heard of you guys was at uh, Big Building Bash of uh, last year of 2016. Dope festival up there in the uh, Seattle area. And uh, just a really awesome warehouse space. Was there like seven stages this year or something oh. like that? And um, there were one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven a stages. Sta- a bunch of stages. There's bunch a of bunch stages. of stages. Yeah, it's a big, big show. Yeah, you can't forget the pyro stage. Yeah, there was some or wild shit going stage. on. <laughs> yeah, there's a like bunch of creative folks over at that space, yeah, and they're all little... jumping at the bit, chomping at the bit to like show off their art, you know? And yeah. like rightly, I mean, they should, you know? They deserve it, you know? There's a couple of wonderful like lighting artists down mm-hmm. there. There's Efrain and Kevin Blinkies, and they do some really amazing work through there like they went through and did the entire decor the day before and like put all this black light stuff up and all this projection mapping stuff up and they got the lasers ready and the flames on that one stage well that that, that, that was another <laughs> tenant of the says. building they they were they were like you know we want to 
they were like, you can use our space, but we just want to put on a pyro show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that only, was like stipulation. the only stipulation. <laughs> that's a good stipulation. That's I a, like it. Is even if you show up to like a barbecue, just like as like a, you know, maybe like a person who uh, practices at one of the spaces there or creates art there. So you show up to like one of these barbecues that they have. They had a giant Simon Says that was flamethrower, like pyrotechnically activated. And this is at like a cookout with like 15, 20 people there. <laughs> like they're like going big, I guess. I yeah, don't know. Like and this, it shouldn't be underrated. Like how, no. just how massive this was. Like you could, I remember someone, they were like, they were testing it before like the actual sh festival date. And someone was like walking on the overpass, like a half a block over. And they were like, dude, I literally could feel the heat from over there, like a half a block away. I could feel the heat and turn it on. Like, that's how big it was. They're like 30 feet up in yeah, the air. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, it's like no small. People are not messing around. Fire show, you know? No one's not yeah. a little kid playing with matches. Yeah. <laughs> not great. to mention, like, I'm pretty sure that festival went on in august and it was already like hot as fuck that day it like, was a really hot day <laughs> yeah, so hot. like during the daytime while those flames were on it was like oh it's pretty okay. hot yeah. Yeah. i should have just made that the singer songwriter like that area <laughs> just so, like, someone's played like some like you know sounds of silence style <laughs> thing <laughs> flames <laughs> oh goodness so yeah, I tried to imagine some good lyrics over that, and all of a sudden, just like flamethrowers going. <laughs> and, like, and the rain was down my head neck. <laughs> it's like really passionate. It's bringing it on home. Yeah, I, the waterworks come as the flame works. <laughs> <laughs> evaporate those tears. Yeah, <laughs> I had heard good things about the previous big building bashes, and I'd been to that space like which is now known as the moon there, that, that room. Yeah, that's our, to, that's our practice to space. see yeah. some shows before uh, seeing a festival there. And I was like, my, my cousin Rob was telling me, he was, he was just like, dude, this big building bash is going to be super sweet. They just rent out this whole space, let, let everybody use their art spaces. And uh, it did not disappoint. And I heard so many people walking around that day and just being like, this is like one of the best independent festivals I've ever been to, and it's pretty dope. Gathering with with no no sponsorships on that thing, just all all super independently funded and put together. Yeah. Well, super it wasn't rad. for a lack of trying. To, I, I think that that last year was the first year they were like, maybe we should get sponsors. We were like, kind of like trying to talk to PBR. Yeah. About maybe coming on board and stuff, but that that didn't. But that as it turns out, it just ends up. I think by nature of the by the nature of the thing, I think it ends up just being super indie. Yeah, it was super indie. Um, we had a little bit of help for our artist hospitality from Jameson and PBR, just giving us some booze to drink. That's but helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. That stuff's but not free. Jameson. But yeah. yeah, thanks, Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you know. It it, it 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 definitely made that night a very very fun time. I will say. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast, and all kinds of different music going on all day, and all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's also cool to see that 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 space is now evolved into like a record label. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Ben's doing yeah. some really cool yeah. stuff. I just saw today that he's um, he's bringing up a band that we actually played our first Portland show with, uh, called Nervous Lovers. Without like any of the vowels. It's nervous, 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 nervous. And they're a Portland band. They're yeah. a San Fran band. Is they're my a San Francisco band. Yeah, okay. San Francisco. They were, they, they were they were here in Portland <laughs> recording when we played with them, and uh, 
Ben, I guess, is going to release. Ben's the, the head honcho at Big Building Records. <laughs> the He's the boss. Shout out to Ben. He's a, such, Shout a, out to ben. such a rad dude. He's just the fucking coolest. So Am I, can, can I say that on this? You can say whatever you want. Okay. That's the, uh, that's the joys of an independent, independently uh, funded <laughs> program. You know? There's no... No, no limitations here. Dude, but he George is that's a very, would very be good rolling point. in his grave. <laughs> but Ben is the man, and he's he's bringing he's bringing their release up to Seattle from San Francisco, and every single time they release something, I hear it, and I'm just like, whoa, you guys can synth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good producers, like good musicians and nice people. Yeah, first really and nice foremost, people. like that's one thing I can say about that crew. But either way, yeah, I mean, so they're being brought on to the big building records and ben's the guy's making that happen and it just seems like he's making a lot of really cool moves you know in in a ton of ways i think it really benefits that space like to be honest absolutely anybody involved there really gets just a tons ton more sort of like connections and just in terms of like really great people like doing really cool stuff yeah it's amazing it's amazing it seems to be a good space to take care of touring bands in some ways and just kind of having that mentality of like hey let's host a band here so that uh, they can have some people at their show and and like give them a, a large portion of the door, so that they you know get to get to keep on moving on the tour with some dollars in their pocket and some some gas paid for and bingo. It's a nice seems to be a nice collective mentality there to to really like try to take care of each other and whatnot so yeah, and that collective kind of is coming forward with that question of like what can we do like what's the potential here like they're really good at asking questions and thinking about like what the resources could go to like it's really cool because that place has so many good minds behind it as we've been just kind of i've been talking about and you guys have too and like I guess at the end of the day, like, yes, like, that's a good point. You know, you're finding a way to service, like, artists who are coming to Seattle, and it's just become a bit of a headquarters, in a sense, for the music scene in a, in a certain way, especially for a lot of touring acts to kind of show up and, like, really have a place to call home, or, like, away from home. Uh, so there's that aspect. And then, we've got, again, we've already talk- talked a bit about just, like, bringing together acts and having an amazing indie, you know, music festival, whatever. So they're really stretching the limits, pushing their, like envelope a bit it's really i i just i just want to make a point and say that i think that that's like super commendable like no, I, <laughs> I, know, I, like I fuck just... with that like uh, I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're they're like-minded folks and like i have nothing but love for for all that going on and and just to like speak to that a little bit more like it's super fun for me to be able to have the opportunity to like sit down with you guys as a seattle act coming through just to uh sort of bridge that gap a little bit as you know like yeah listeners to this from like all over there's a there seems to be this pocket of kansas that that likes to like tune into this here and there what up, and like kansas? i definitely I'm, I'm from up, the southern california area so like i definitely have some people in california paying attention but cool. like a majority of our listeners are definitely portland based or or northwest based so it's it's cool, cool to be able to like bridge the gap and and I think that's something that's like really important to me is to be able to expose like some Seattle bands onto the show. Just, you know, even if somebody listens to this and like catches a couple tracks and is hopefully maybe one more person shows up to your next Portland show before because of it. Like that's all I can hope for. You know, it'd be sweet if, if five to 10 people rolled out because they, they heard mm-hmm. this, but um, it just seems like if we can, build like a strong community between the two cities that bands can go to both cities and not have to play empty rooms and like really make it worth it and not that it has to be even more than 
20 or 30 people in those rooms just so that they're not playing to six people and not making a three-hour drive. Bingo, these people put in considerable investment into writing this art. Like, let's get some eyes shed on it if we can or get some ears opened up to it if possible. Yeah, I hear you. And especially uh, across these, like, geographical barriers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's what's up. I mean, for me, that's, like, the most exciting part about making music is, like, having it, is that moment when you say, hey, this is out there, you know, and, like, the minute you know it's, it's, it's every time someone hears it for the first time and it's like that kind of excitement because it's like it's such it's such an edge like what's really funny is like if you ever show someone your your music and you're in the same room as them like you watch them and it's like this <laughs> like it's a strange silence it's like there's like absolute silence between you two and you're just observing their interaction with what you you have done <laughs> and it's, and it's totally it's totally like t- the most awkward thing ever but it's it's a lot of fun at the same time yeah like, it can be brutal though because be you have so brutal. you have expectations you're never gonna get any any more honest feedback <laughs> than when you do that you have all these expectations of your head and just like oh how are they gonna react to this part and then you see them not react at are all you ready not for at all dissonance? do they notice that one part that you've thought way too many are times are you feeling this <laughs> I hope you understands the metaphor (laughs) but yeah i had a chance to uh to kind of catch your band sleeping lessons that uh that day um i was was, i was working the merch booth for um the day during that portion but it was positioned pretty close to the stage i could not see what was happening but i could hear pretty the most important part arguably i think i think i could hear well enough to like i was able to uh know what i did and didn't like on that stage throughout the day, you know, or what, what I was feeling. And I definitely remember uh, thinking you guys sounded pretty good. I didn't know what was happening up there <laughs> visually, <Thank> but it, <laughs> it sounded rad. Well, we thank took you. our pants off and, <laughs> and we got hula hoops. We really missed out. <laughs> you missed out on and the again, human pyramid. Anything can happen in that building. We practiced our anything. Daisy I showed him my pyrotechnics, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about how sleep sleeping lessons uh, formed, and um, maybe we can, I guess we can let each of you introduce yourselves and, and what you do in the band before we get into the foundation of what's going on. Start here with Charlie. I'm Charlie, and I sing and I play guitar. Hi, I'm Dan, and I play drums and help out with the production like all these cats. Uh, I'm Terrence, I play bass, do some backup vocals. Help, right? I'm Paul, and I play lead guitar. Right on. And so, how did the uh, how did this band come together? How did it form? Good question. <laughs> well, Casual encounters oh. on Craigslist. <laughs> too tough. Too tough off the off the top. No, that no, wasn't no. where we should have started. <laughs> it's all good. Charlie should run with it for a little bit. Yeah, for and sure. And then then we'll just fill in blanks. Mm. Well, no, it, it's a uh, Terrence, Dan, and myself all played in a band. Uh, long time ago called the Edison Trait, where we tried really, really hard to be the loudest band in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we almost succeeded. Um, and then, uh, you know, we that band ran its course, and I got out of music for several years. And uh, it was after my, uh, my son passed away that I started um, seeing these guys and hanging out with them more and... Um, Dan and I started just meeting up and 
hanging out and making weird noises. Yeah, writing track after track, sort of, you know? Just, just <laughs> woodshedding. Yeah. Like, it was just like a kind of a way, for me personally, to take my mind off things and just to hang out with my friend and kind of reunite with someone that I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, I'd jump in there. And I mean, we were doing everything from just chilling out, like taking walks and like yeah, strategizing these, and like, scheming and kicking it mind, real hard. These you know? mindful like, walks and have talks about yeah, Buddhism. We, we, yeah, and we were like in a kind of in a like a, a place in our lives. And I'll just speak for Charlie and f- forgive me if this is too much. It would, it would just feel like we were both in a position to like sort of transcend some things that we had sort of maybe not like allowing us to feel free in our hearts, I suppose. And I think that the band was uh, a good place to do that. And in a sense, all I'm saying is we just wanted to have fun and challenge ourselves and like get to what we felt would be our next like kind of level. And and I think a lot of that was helping each other out as buds and uh, and then just kicking it and like, I don't know, like, Chiefing up a little bit and like you know, like making bit, some little, tunes, little bit, you know. Little, so a little bit there. I mean, it wasn't like the main point or anything, but that was certainly like you know a factor. And we were just having a good summer and and made some songs. So and, and that's where it started. And then and it eventually came to a point where we're like, we have enough songs here to start turning this into something, and we need to like start thinking about bringing some other people in and like. You know, this this could be a band. Yeah, know? I mean, how do we get these these noises off of the computer into a real a real like room? You know, like, and yeah. we obviously know the answer and to that some, question. But I mean, like, some of these some of these things are like old, 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 old electronic demos from when I first started like working on stuff. Some of these are like random sounds that Dan had mm-hmm. kind of done this interim when he was working with electronic music, and then we started doing it together and doing a lot more of it live and. Um, so when it came time to form the band, we were instantly like, okay, Terrence used to play with us all the time. He's an amazing musician. We'll, we'll bring him on. And I actually, um, I hadn't seen Paul in years, but I ran into him at the big building bash of all places. And we started hanging out again. That year prior to us playing or a couple years prior? Do you remember? It was... Whoa. Susan, just, <laughs> a, just jumping on it. That's uh, that's Sue. Just getting, remix. getting real, real wild here. But uh, I uh, I ran into Paul at the big building bash, and we started kind of like nerding out about different audio engineering things and talking about that a fair bit. So when we were building the band, um, we brought him on as well. And there was somebody else at the same time, though. There was a there was a guy I worked with. Um, I was working a warehouse job at that time, and his name is Nathan, and he came in for a few studio sessions, but he couldn't, you know. Yeah, it was tough. I think to make scheduling. It work, was a scheduling for him thing. to commit. It was a scheduling for us thing, to commit and all that. And once Paul started laying down, you hear that, Paul? There was somebody else. <laughs> well, once, was, once, I, once, I, Paul sounds like they're holding on to this. I played with Nathan. I mean, uh, like, yeah. when, no, when, it was it was they they make it seem wild. like it's much more laid back, but it was much more like. It was like, um, hung- <laughs> it was like, what was that? What's that movie? Hunger Games. It was Hunger like Games. that. Like super <laughs> cutthroat <laughs> to get in the band. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to go into details because the FBI might be looking for me. But there's definitely <laughs> a, a few other guitarists who are missing. There are people that really, I wanted, really to be in this wanted this band. Really wanted this. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that's a like, I, dude, Paul, you brought, you came in. I'm and gonna like, say that I killed someone to get this. Basically. Paul murdered a lot what of people. Was your danger <laughs> rating? You know, like danger what was Katniss like nine? Oh, there's oh, oh. Like an eight? we're getting a little technical like, here. Maybe you're like PETA. I know you can't see this, but it's high. <laughs> <laughs> there is no rating, only hand height. 
So how long have you guys been playing as Sleeping Lessons as a as a full band? Well, we were first called Lizardo. I think that that point Lizardo. should be made clear. So, as we said, we smoked a little bit of Chiba. So we, we played... Uh, the devil's lettuce was in you. Jazz cabbage, man. How long were we like <laughs> practicing and like recording you guys? Like I don't know. Like When you guys jumped in before we played a show, like what was that? Like, like I don't even... We started practicing almost almost exactly a year before Big Building Bash. And none of the songs were really at any point of completion. They were just a collection of electronic demos at that point in time. And in that year, we wrote the entire album, pretty much, from those demos to what they became. And like even like going back to the demos, like those songs weren't written until everyone came in and did their part. True. And those were just like demos of of like a tune and some vocal over them. Yeah, like some electronic drums, some synthesizers, maybe a little bit of backing guitar here and there, and then a and couple vocal hooks or melodies. You yeah, know, a little ditties. And melodies. Or... The lyrics weren't fully sussed out yet. There were ideas floating around, all sorts of things. It was, it was kind of chaotic. We all have a little, a little bit of ADHD, <laughs> and. Uh, but I think we all counterbalance one another very well and try and keep each other focused. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it seems like there's. Uh, it seems like you you've all spent some time in some other bands and making some noise in some other places. Uh, at least just from maybe listening to your tunes, it kind of seems like uh, this. This seems to have a certain focus to it in a in a good way, and it seems very uh, very thought out. It seems like. Uh, would you say that there's kind of maybe some strategic planning or or some intent behind what you guys are doing as a band and and maybe you guys have taken some things from past experiences of of how to make this uh maybe not super successful in a, in a means of uh like monetizing it super hard but just being able to you know to do some small touring and but I don't think any of us are necessarily scared of doing that. I think all of us kind of, when we did start the band, we, we were like, what are the things that take, what it takes to actually get to a point where maybe we could be self-sufficient from it? And I think, and then we all decided like, are we willing to commit to that? Are we willing to tour three or four times a year? Are we willing to like spend money on whatever's necessary? Like, are we willing to t take those lengths in order to accomplish this goal? And I don't think any of us are kind of like, backing away from saying like hey i'm not willing to make money from this it's like or you know yeah make the selling out air air no, it's yeah. or whatever I mean, it is but it's okay to want to make some money yeah right and also playing super music and necessary. And necessary. Yeah. it is super necessary and reasonable life, you know. i think i think i think uh i think at a certain point we had put in so much time with the songs though that i know i personally became a little obsessive about trying to like I think we all became a little obsessive about trying to make like what was like the best art that we could at this given time. And I think we were unrelenting and uncompromising and very hard on ourselves and very I I I personally was very open to criticism from bandmates and we all tried to produce ourselves, produce each other and push everyone to be the very, very best that they could be yeah. through the process to make this album a success. Well, we had a bit of an advantage, too, because all of us have experience with production, engineers. Mm -hmm. So we were able to self-produce and self-engineer the whole thing. So we didn't have to, like, 
be rushed to go into a studio and be like, okay, this is what we're laying down. Like we got to get this done. And you know, with $5,000, like we took our time. We like, we made sure that everything was perfect until we put it out into the world. And hopefully that was something that sort of ended up, um, coming out from the record. I hope, hopefully people would realize that because we, it did take a lot of thought and it was very slow and deliberate rather than like rushed and done yeah. in two days. It seemed like we didn't make a move or a decision about songwriting or like moving forward with things um, until we really were okay with that decision. And like what I mean to say is that we were like, I, I find myself as an artist like creating and maybe just doing so a little bit carelessly in a sense. Uh, like sometimes I get so far uh, into my own like creative flow that I like lose sight of like things like you were mentioning like intent and um, sort of uh, uh, you know so, sort of strategize sort of like out output so anyway yeah we were I think Paul makes a good point where we were really careful about being deliberate and moving when we had good decisions to make I also really quickly want to echo what Charlie had said about just trusting bandmates and things like that. And it's like, that's always one of the hardest things to do is to trust those who you are working closely with in a sense. I mean, it's not to say that I'm a paranoid person or that any of you are or that anybody listening is. It's just that like when you care deeply about something you're working on and you share it with others that you're also, you know, trying to respect. But, you know, like there's all this um, difficulty in, in explaining the intention behind your words. If you say something harsh um, that if, uh, another player finds harm, like hurtful about their playing. So anyway, I was just going to go back and like that piece that Charlie pointed out about criticism, being open to criticism and like having those tough conversations. I, we, I really, I'm pretty, pretty impressed with the dude sitting here uh, to my left and right, because it just seems like y'all were willing to be pretty honest and like sacrifice your own egos for the greater sort of cause that all four of us were working towards. So I really appreciate that you guys, like, I think that's what's up. So I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate all of you. No, that, that really like flips the dynamic on his head when you when you start having those tough conversations, I think, yeah. and start saying, no, nah, man, you need to lay back here. Like, this isn't serving the song. Well, that's yeah. like the other thing about this yeah, band I'm, is I'm like... I'm busy bee. I'm always like, more bass! Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. You need, to, you need to lay back. You need to get more. But I, I, I trust these guys wholeheartedly. I trust their taste and I trust their talent. And like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't play with them if I didn't think that they were the best at what they do. And I would get, thank you. And you, would, I would even add on to that. You trust us when we disagree with you to a point, you know, like, it's like, there's even this like transcendent level of like, all right, I know these people, like, even if they're disagreeing with me, they still have my best thought in mind or my best, like, I don't know. It's really cool. You guys are rad. So anyway, oh, totally. I, I trust you guys enough to. Yeah. What it comes down to is like, we're all songwriters. And literally, like, having four cooks in the kitchen can get pretty messy. But literally, we end up trying, like, every single person's idea and uh, kind of being fairly – pretty. Like, we're always democratic about it. We're like, that actually worked the best way. Um, like, you know, like, whether it was we'll go with it. way or my way or Dan's way yeah. or Charlie's way. Like, we generally all will, like, be like, you know what? That was right. We should, like, lay back or go all in. Or yeah, we're like a all functional version of the American government. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Burns. That's a hot take from Paul. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. <laughs> is there, can we go back and delete? Terrence, Dan, and you know, myself. I stand by my shit, actually. <laughs> Terrence, Dan, and myself learned to write together. Paul won the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Rad. I think this is, a, this is a cool spot to put up a track from your, uh, your record that you guys put out last year, which is called Red Sprites. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, if it's cool, I think we're just going to maybe kick it off with the the Chasing Ghosts, which is the the first actual song on the album. Enjoy it. So this is uh this is Sleeping Lessons everybody. This is uh Chasing Ghosts. Check it out. You can find it on the uh, the iTunes and the Spotify and Bandcamp and all of those uh sweet spots. So here it be.
That was uh, Chasing Ghosts off of uh, the first Sleeping Lessons release, right? You guys put out maybe a single or two before uh, putting out this full length last yeah, year? Yeah, we had a couple. We had two single releases before we put out the full length. One of them is on the record and one of them is not. Is that correct? They are both on the record. Are they? I'm sorry. Poor no research. I thought my research was so on point until that moment. It. I was so confident. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, they got that one single that's not on the record. The deep Interns. cut. <laughs> talk to the Wikipedia guys. I have to call Portland State University and tell them their intern is not doing his job. <laughs> um, yeah, talk to me about. Uh, the process of recording this you, you guys obviously you said you did most of the production and engineering and all that stuff on your on your own yes we did so we know a guy who knows a guy <laughs> who knows another guy <laughs> but literally that's actually very true yeah and just like speaking to what you guys were talking about earlier and it's been brought up before on this podcast it's such an incredible resource to have because you can really take your time and don't have to feel the pressures of walking in and then feeling like, hey, we have eight hours today and we got to make this happen today, even if the vibe isn't right or if, if someone's they, they not really feeling it. They say that time is it. money. And so if you have all the time. Time is money, sir. <laughs> Cash rules everything. <laughs> <laughs> Cash is king. Well, we had a very humble beginning. Well, like the recording process has Ooh. been a very humble beginning. My parents' basement. Yeah, his parents' basement. Nice. <laughs> Pretty much. Which many yeah. great records have been made out of. <laughs> there are several great records that were made down there. But Basically, just in the general term, like of parents' basements, like like so many good records were made in parents' bas- basements. So like Very I'm not embarrassed by that. Heck yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be. I mean, sonically, the uh, the record sounds super rad and well, everything cuts through really well like it's very 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 patient parents might I <laughs> <laughs> do all of you guys kind of run the board and and operate and just kind of take d- different swings at things i think we figured out we, a we, system. S- we, s- we tag in and out um definitely through the process i mean you know there's there's things that are recorded in different locations and in different time periods that kind of found their way in there there's some of the stuff that were that was uh that was guitar drafting that found its way into the final. Um, there's some backing vocal tracks that was part of that were, that were part of the rough drafting that found their way into the final. All the synths were part of the drafting. We actually over synth layered and had to peel it back down once we brought it to the live band. Um, and then I'll let Paul talk about how we recorded the drums. Uh, <laughs> this is Paul, everybody. He's going to tell us about the drums. Yeah, well, no. Sir, tell me about the Hunger drums. Games champion. Hunger Games champion. I'm going to make a business card out of that. No, so what was, <laughs> what was really cool was that I work for this company called Guild in Seattle, and um, they, own a bunch of, they own a bunch of restaurants and, like, bars and, and uh, other local businesses in Capitol Hill. And um, one of the places that they own is called Grimm's, and upstairs from Grimm's is this wood loft that they have. It's a huge room that's... Uh, like one of the most amazing sounding rooms that is totally unintentional. Like it's everything is covered in this old timber, and like every you know they have all these old crossbeams. The the ground is made out of car park, which is the, it used to be a car dealership. So it has this really thick wood underneath, and you know so it's just completely covered in wood. It has this the shape is great. It honestly it it feels like better than studio x like the room just has this really beautiful natural sound to it so one day i asked my boss i was like hey listen you guys aren't open monday through thursday 
and we are really poor. (laughs) (laughs) You can either give me a raise. We'll point out here. Give me a huge raise or alternatively just let us record in your nightclub. Yeah, And the thing is like not only was it just not like in your nightclub, but it was record in your nightclub at night. So we would come in at like seven o'clock, set everything up in the center of this room. And then, like, and then there was like this little like crawl space up in the corner. The dry DJ storage. booth, right? The DJ booth. Oh or no, 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 no! Where no, we put this the, was like we, the attic. So we, it was this mobile <laughs> recording <laughs> unit that we ladder. that we brought with us, and we set up in the attic crawl space, basically. That was tucked away, hidden. It was away really fun. I would the say there's a like thirty to thirty-five <laughs> foot ladder climb. Yeah, to it, get was up there. Yeah, it was like, a, it was a 20, 25 maybe foot, 25, yeah. twenty-five foot. It was tucked away, and so we ran all the cables, and we would, you know, we set up the mics every night, and then we would have to break them down every night, and at like two, three in the morning, you know. <laughs> so we did this just consecutively for like three weeks, and I'm pretty sure for like the first week and a half, my boss didn't know that we were doing this. <laughs> I just had a key to the place. That's right. <laughs> and then it just kind of like then it finally I got like official permission and so we finished it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done. That's yeah. why I blamed hey, him describe the story. Yeah. It was just like the best room, and we totally yeah. lucked out getting like this beautiful, beautiful room, beautiful sounding room, and it's just like so cool. Like yeah, it was we overlooking Capitol Hill. <laughs> it was like on the third floor with these giant fucking windows and we're like a disco ball yeah all the proletariat disco ball was walking nice. beneath <laughs> us and we're we're like we're recording for free in this room, you know? i think like, it felt good it felt really yeah. good and that's like another point is like we were able to record for free really what happened there is charlie had bought a lot of equipment terrence had bought some i'd bought a tiny bit i don't know what you had they, emotionally donated in. you threw the space <laughs> in you, know? you got the space dude yeah but so you know I when used, you have i used my connects but when you have all your own like resources i guess across four people you're able to like make those we hustled. We, we like, hustled. We hustled. Yeah. We hustled. We made real moves. Hard. Charlie hustled real hard, and yeah. we did what we had to do. And I, like, I mean, I guess to to kind of circle back. So that would explain how we got like the final drum takes done for the album. But and also, you know, we kind of talked about doing some rough drafts in my parents' basement. But there was like a in between period too, where where those rough drafts were like. I don't know, like taking on a lot of new life because what we would do is we would record these rough drafts in my basement. And again, this is prior to like doing the drums uh, for that album, which Paul was just describing. We would go and bring these um, rough drafts and sort of take these little segments of these electronic samples that we'd been making. Maybe they had some guitar, maybe not, whatever. Um, but they had a feeling, they had a vibe. And we wanted to sort of take those. We took them out of the computer. Um, which we refer to as in the box. We took them out of the box and put them into the live room. And once we got these guys in the band to jam, not only were they able to contribute on that rough draft process and writing and like, you know, just kind of help us find solid gold there in our opinions, but then we were able to like, kind of take these songs that we'd made inside a computer and uh, and Charlie of course had written these riffs a lot of the time on guitar primarily you know before but so anyway we'd get from you know Charlie's guitar into the computer or maybe I'd doodle and we'd get synth doodles going and lay guitar either way we'd get it into that rough draft bring it into that band space where we were able to group you know as a group uh, like turn up crank and like just jam through these tunes and we just discovered so much more about these songs than we would never than we would have ever like really thought to you know look for i guess at the outset uh just having it on the computer so even before we were like into that you know final space of recording like the you know like kind of under the clock and like at that nightclub we we had this like really awesome like interaction i really am impressed with you guys too just because of these 
uh, as artists, like what we were able to get like in the computer as opposed to like in the practice space, getting it, you know, reformed and redeveloped there and then bringing it back to the computer for like what you generally hear on the album as sort of a final. There's one really funny thing, though, that I we can't skip over oh, yeah. regarding recording at the nightclub. Mm. <laughs> right. And oh, yeah. That's the fact of the matter is, that, like, the nightclub itself on the upstairs floor, it's part of this building. There's kind of like this web of stuff back there. And up there, there's a management office, and they manage a lot of bands and a lot of music, and one of which is the Lumineers. Like, if you're walking from the street level, you can look up and see the Lumineers gold record and the window up there. And it looks like it's in the same room. And we it was really hot during the summer, so we'd, we'd leave the windows open. I'm sure you can hear a car drive by or something if you are like have golden ears or something. Like, like on that. the album? I'm sure you could. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. My ears aren't that great. Too many live shows. Yeah. But anyways, huh. the bar downstairs from the nightclub would stay open while we were doing this. And... <laughs> we we after we oh, would we yeah. would we would walk down there sometimes and grab a beer and take a break and then come back up. And at one point we go down there and the bartender comes up to us. Her, it was Saba, mm-hmm. Saba, who's super awesome staff, super awesome staff down there. And she comes to us. She goes, "Are you guys the Lumineers?" <laughs> <laughs> and you told them yes, right? We told them yes. Like, we told yes. them yes. We told we them yes. The Eventually, <laughs> we told them we were the Lumineers. We kept up. Well, we what's kept the up, middle? There, well, so eventually we uh, we spilled the beans to her, but her coworker thought that we should for sure because the way it happened is like her coworker was like, I think the Lumineers are practicing. <laughs> oh, and then she <laughs> double checked. Yeah, and so she was like, um, she are was they? like, she was like, you know, my coworker said that you guys are the Lumineers, and we, you know, we were, we kind of gave it up after a while to her, but she was like, you know, it'd be really funny if you. Signed this cup. <laughs> so we wrote like the Lumineers, but then wrote our, our own, own names. names. <laughs> Heart the Lumineers. Heart so, the Lumineers. <laughs> so if you find that nice. on eBay, toss it. Just yeah, check it. If, so if you find this cup, it's bullshit. It's, it's totally, totally it's, it's a complete and utter fallacy. Doing it. But it's still good as a cup. So if you want to keep it for that, you definitely do definitely that. Definitely pours well. It's still good for holding liquids or half solids. Good cup of Joe. <laughs> Even some solids. Or plants, <laughs> whatever you really want to do. You know, That's tiny rocks. <laughs> yeah, the record sounds rad, though. It flows <laughs> It flows really Thank well. You, you know, you the, I love all the vocal textures on everything. Um, Chasing Ghosts, which we heard earlier, is such a rad like opening track, and it seems to kind of sort of become uh, lovely people and, and kind of flow right into that, which is a really great song. Definitely one of my, my favorite jams, and... It seems Ours like <laughs> there's a there's just some really good hooks on this on this record for sure. I love like a lot of the courses are super rad, and uh, yeah, it's nothing like a, a tasteful uh, hook. You know, it's it's okay to write rad hooks, and uh, <laughs> it definitely seems like there is not a lack of character groove in what you guys do as well. So it, like there's. There's so many cool guitar moments, like especially on that first song. There's that the mathy guitar breaks. I really love all that. I remember the first the time I heard Charlie play those. I, got I was shivers like, shivers the first time I heard those. I, I was like, like Charlie, I did not that. know you could move your fingers that quickly. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I remember showing it to a friend of mine that uh, friend of mine plays in acid tongue, and he was like, "Wait, so you're gonna go from this like Northwest indie to math rock? Like you're just gonna?" And I'm like, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> good. Dude. 
it's a uh, it's it's rad <laughs> thanks man Thank i'm you. about all of yeah there's just a lot of great lead guitar playing i mean as well as everything else but uh some of the guitar playing is 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 very very cool yeah yeah, yeah big ups to the guitarists for sure to good job what uh, dan said you know like you got the synth doodles and then like you got charlie on the noodles yeah so we got do- doodles and noodles doodles and noodles <laughs> I actually refer to him as Pasta Dean pretty often because he's just noodling on the guitar all the time. We're starting a business. Ooh, yeah. We should sell it. Yeah, we should, we should talk about interested? this. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, feel free to hit us up later. <laughs> Any, anybody listening? Just saying, it's a business. We call you. You can own your own business, really. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> <laughs> You can be your own boss. You can work from home, make a million dollars. What I'm saying here is everyone in this world, they like spaghetti. Right. Meatballs. At home. A lot of people like spaghetti. And on the go. (laughs) Sometimes you get home, it's you know, six, seven o'clock, you've had a long day at work. (laughs) And you're like, I wanna go out, but I'm too tired. And you're about to order something, but you don't know what to order. Imagine this. You get a phone call. (laughs) It just comes to you. It comes to you. (laughs) It just your phone ring ring. Sounds a little creepy. I like it. Keep going. Hello, sir. How would you like to have a spaghetti dinner? (laughs) <laughs> delivered to your door al dente 699 ooh then what happens well obviously we don't going to order it. it yeah you say yes you take their money Who and run obviously Dan, a charismatic individual as yourself can make a lot of money in this business <laughs> so because it's, never mind viewership goes up and bellies get bigger <laughs> not to mention what we look pockets. for we're expanding into garlic bread it seems like you guys are really you know we're going to actually think about sticking to music. We, and then, that's not really working too well. Sleeping so. <laughs> 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 lessons and, uh, you know, we're also a pasta delivery service. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make ends meet. We y'all. just, like, flip open the telephone book and dial a number. Like, Hello, sir. Multitasking Four on the road. Months. We use uh, Dan Moretti's mother's. <laughs> I have an recipe. Italian last name, it turns out. So. <laughs> and recipe. a couple family recipes that are pretty bomb, huh? Okay. Oh, yeah, you know. Quite delicious. <laughs> okay. Your mama makes the best spaghetti. <laughs> Uh, talk to me about the 1995 song, which we're probably going to eventually play it out with. But I know you guys just put out a video out for that recently. Where where does uh where does that song come from? It seems to be kind of like this Ooh. cool uh, love song one. to There's to 1995. Yeah, because I, I I like took the helm on that guy because so Charlie you know has like a million synth doodles and noodles going on, and it was like sweet like kind of slow 8-bit jam like and then and like we were all really down with it and I really dug it but I was just like I was like we should I had a bass line in my head that I thought would fit it really well and then it kind of ended up like totally flipping this entire song on its head and then we ended up redoing all the synths and then just like and then I think like I said it's all like we all kind of run different ideas and eventually it built up into this like pretty Catastrophic, we momentous, sort of, yeah. like yeah. I don't know. Just we Jackson booned it. We just kind of threw paint at a thing for a while. Really, like just that's Jackson Pollock. Jackson, Jackson Pollock. Jackson Boone's a wonderful Pollock. musician, Him though. Jackson I'm sure Boone. he does that. <laughs> like, I don't get the <laughs> Jackson Pollock. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was that like one beer. A labor <laughs> of <love laughs> between us and like, yeah, like for being one of like the simpler bass lines, like to write for myself. I'm just like just so much fun like it's such a yeah fun it's got song. a lot of it's groove like, to know, it normally like we play it as our ender just because it's like it's got this like good build and 
It's a fun song to just end on. It always feels like, okay, I made my way through that song. Like, it's kind of tough for me. Like, it's got like a little bit of counting that's, and I'm the drummer. And so I have to count. It's just awful. And it's a ride. Um, it's an experience. It's and a bit of an experience. Like, every time is a little different. So I try and hit my parts every time if I can. I never, but the other thing is we recorded a, a lot of footage on our last tour. Sorry, but speaking no, no, over you. Uh, we recorded a, lo a lot of footage just from a GoPro and some cell phones. And so we decided to throw it together into a, Pretty freaking awesome, like music video that I think kind of like came DIY. I didn't know Paul had those skills, but he was bringing it together and uh, cut us cut us up a little music video. So check that out if you can. It's on our Facebook and all that. Yeah, it's got usually handheld, but they're good. Yeah, they're usually handheld. Yeah. Cool mix of like live footage and just some some B roll yeah. and, and thanks to shout Ben out, from Big Building. Ben. Yeah, Big yeah. he brought us that live footage. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, like videographer. Also, so. Josh helped with some. All comes project. back yeah, to yeah. big Josh building. Right? Once again, Whoa. big building is Illuminati. Cool. Um, yeah, I really dig the record. Like, I, I hope people check it out. It's got a lot of cool vibes on it. Like, yeah, just a, just a lot of different feels, and and definitely has a, a good balance of tunes and and flow to it, and very cohesive as fuck. That's my wow. review. Thank wow. It's cohesive That's as fuck. No, I really dig it. It's got like I've I've been really enjoying uh, listening to it really extensively over the last, especially this week, I guess, because I knew that you guys were coming through town, and I appreciate you guys uh, making the stop, kind of, kind of just to to hang out with me and, Absolutely and, and talk pleasure. a bit. Yeah, we love yeah. talking. We love chit chat. You couldn't tell. <laughs> and, and hopefully, you know. But yeah, as, the pleasure is ours. This is awesome. As this we said really earlier, good. hopefully maybe a, a few more folks will show up next time you're you're coming through Portland. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll let the the We'd good love people to see know. All of you. Yeah. And uh, where can uh, folks keep up with with what the band is doing and whatnot? What is the best means to do that? I'll We're meet. probably best at keeping our Facebook updated. Okay. Um, yeah. But we also do have a Twitter, and if you follow us on Spotify, all of our shows get. They're on Spotify as well. Nice. So, what's our Facebook like? Is it Sleeping Lessons Music? I'm Sleep sorry. It's it's face. I think it's Facebook.com/slash/sleepinglessonsmusic. If you type in Sleeping Lessons, we're the one that has a picture of a statue. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to just, if you want my personal uh, home address, and you want to do like a correspondence pen pals i'm totally <laughs> down to do old-fashioned snail mail too so we can do that exclusively what's your address paul i'm paul <laughs> <laughs> of hunger games of prison inmates that are like hi i'm lonely <laughs> right on um with that <laughs> on that note yeah hi i'm lonely <laughs> this man is lonely uh, we're gonna play it out with uh 1995 which is off of uh your record and the guitarist is available. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 he's no, no, he's actually very, very taken. Oh wow! He's very taken. It seems like very some taken. controversy. It sounds like you're gonna get this man on trouble. In sorry, trouble, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm first bad. day on the road, Dan. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Sorry, you had a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, usually, we we end each episode of this fine program, which you can find on iTunes and Podomatic, and you can find uh, live studio sessions on the YouTube channel, which you can subscribe and help out and write a review on iTunes for us, and then. The uh, show gets more national visibility, so you know if you few of you fine folks out there want to give us one of those iTunes reviews, that would be much appreciated. And uh, it's a free way to support the program, and uh, you can find out all the good things going on. DanCablePresents.com. 
Uh, but we're going to end it with one of these fine fellows here. Maybe Dan, the other, you know, Uh-oh. you can say it's a program for us to, to give us a strong out. Yeah. Uh, it's a program. That was fucking golden. dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is 1995 from sleeping lessons. Check them out and we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Portland.
Yeah, uh, it's a program. 